I love how David begins Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters and he restores my soul. And he leads me, get this, in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I love the imagery of it. Remember, this is written from a sheep, not a shepherd. David is writing this psalm as a sheep, that he is being led by a good shepherd. A sheep, remember, is only as good as their shepherd. And I love the picture we painted over the past few weeks of how this good shepherd would create lush meadows for his sheep to lie down in. It was a great picture. But the problem is, David says he leads us on paths of righteousness for his namesake and the same shepherd that led us beside the quiet, still waters is the same shepherd that will lead us through some dark valleys. So if you got your app this morning, I want you to go ahead and open your app. Uh, North Star Church, Georgia, all the notes are there. You got your Bible, turn to the book of Psalm. Psalm 23 is where we're gonna be. We're gonna look at one verse this morning and uh, we're gonna camp out there. If I have never met you before, my name is Mike. It is an honor to see you. Thanks for tuning in online and thank all of you for being in the room today. Are you glad to be in the room? We're really glad to have y'all home. Man, it's so, so good to see you. So good to see you. I never knew if you were sleeping on the other side of the camera, so I'm really glad to know that I can keep tabs on you now. So let's dive in. Psalm 23, verse four. I don't know how you walked in the room today, but maybe you tuned in, you walked in, and today was for you. Look at what, David says in verse four, and yes, though I, and I want you to underline this phrase, highlight it, circle it, though I walk through the deep sunless valley of the shadow of death. We all know what that valley's like, don't we? We can push pause on the story and literally, I could take a microphone right now and begin to walk around this room. We could start a poll online or you could start chatting and we could talk about our valleys. We've all had valleys. That valley of the shadow of death, we feel what that valley's like because we've been there. Maybe it was grieving the loss of someone we love. Maybe it was losing a job or losing a marriage or, or losing a dream losing a career. We know the valley. Even though I walk through the valley. It's a great picture, David. Paint, and the reason David could paint the picture, David had been a shepherd. That's what I love about the story. David's writing as a sheep, but David's been a shepherd. In fact, the very first time you find David even mentioned in Scripture, he is a young shepherd out in the field taking care of the sheep when the prophet shows up to anoint a new king of Israel and they said, he's like, is this all your sons? And he says, well, there's one. And he's out taking care of the sheep because he was a shepherd. Now, what's really interesting about it is there is an area over in Israel where shepherds would walk their sheep many times that's known as the valley of the shadow of death. It's a literal place that's pitched in between two massive areas, and it's a valley that's cut. The only time of day that the sun shines in the valley 
is high noon. The rest of the day is darkness and shadows. So as David writes this, he's probably writing about some of the valleys he's walked through as a person and the valley that he's walked his sheep through. Listen to what he said. And even though I walk through this valley, I will fear or dread no evil for you are with me. We're gonna talk about that in a few minutes. Your rod, it protects. Your staff guides and they comfort me. The question of the day isn't, are you ever gonna go through a valley? That's not the question. The question of the day is, when you do, how do you handle it? And that's what we're gonna talk about today. Would you pray with me? Man, wherever you're watching from this morning, if you're out on your balcony or you're sitting in your, your den or your boat or you're at the beach or you're sitting in our room today, would you just ask the Lord to show you what you need from his word this morning, would you? The Bible says his word is fresh and more relevant than the paper that hits your driveway. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Would you ask that he would speak into your heart through his word today? God, I don't know how everybody tuned in and walked in, but God, I know how I pray they walk out. And that's trusting in you a little bit more than they did before. So God, speak to us, teach us, show us, grow us, push us to be who you see we can be. Father, that is my prayer, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So in your notes today, if you're thumbing them in or you're writing on hard copy, I want you to write a little thought down at the top of your outline. I'll never choose a valley. Would you write that down? I'll never choose a valley. It's, it's just not instinctful to want to walk through a tough time, but you're gonna, right? And, and the reality of life is you're either in a valley, coming out of valley, or you're gonna be going in one soon. That's the reality of life. I've been doing this, so I've been in ministry since 1991. So I've been around, I've been around a couple years, and I have learned watching others' life, watching my life, I'm either in one, going in one, about to go in one. So yesterday, I got a freaky phone call. So I'm out working in the yard yesterday morning, and I call it my land. We have two acres, we're right in the middle of neighborhoods, but I call it the land. Anyway, so I'm out working in, working in the yard, and my phone rings. It's a buddy of mine named Mac. Mac was in our community for a long time, moved over to Gwinnett. Great guy, we talk periodically, and calls me. I'm like, hey, man, it's so good. I'm just out picking up stuff, and I'm like, man, it's so good to hear from you. He said, Mike, I woke up this morning and God laid you on my heart. I was out walking and I'm just praying for you. Are you going through anything I can be praying for? I'm like, no, but dad gum, I might be going through something soon now. Just ruin my whole day. I'm talking about it tomorrow. I don't want to go through it. I just want to tell you about it, right? We don't want to go through valleys, but I understand we're going to. So what do I need to know about valleys? Number one, valleys are inevitable. You need to know that. They're inevitable. They have nothing to do with how spiritual or unspiritual you are. Valleys are inevitable. You're going to face valleys. 
You're going to face them in your marriage. You're going to face them in your finances. You're going to face valleys with with stuff that goes on in life. Valleys are inevitable. I think there are times we walk through valleys and we feel like we've done something wrong. It's really interesting in the passage, David said, the Lord is my shepherd. And what did that shepherd do? He walked them through the valley. We love that he walks us beside the quiet waters. We struggle to think that God will walk us through valleys. But valleys are inevitable. So we need to get past why am I being picked on? Why am I being chosen? Why does God hate me? Why has God forgotten me? Valleys are inevitable. They are a part of your journey here on earth. That is just part of the deal. I want you to look here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Now, the guy that gave us that quote was none other than Jesus. While you're here, you're going to walk through some tough times. How many of you sitting in this room today have walked through a valley before? Raise your hand. How many of y'all have walked through a valley in the last week? How many of you should just keep your hand up the whole time, right? You're just going, dear Jesus, right? Because valleys are inevitable. They're just part of it. I think we struggle because there's a, there's a way we popularize, well, when you begin to walk with Christ, you won't face valleys anymore. No, 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 you'll still face valleys, you'll just face them differently. Valleys are inevitable. Second, valleys are unpredictable. Valleys are unpredictable, meaning they come when you least expect them. In fact, I was thinking back on my journey, um, just in, in, in my career journey, sometimes my valleys, many times, I'm gonna say sometimes, many times my valleys have come right after the highest peak. It's the weirdest thing. So sometimes I'm like, I just don't wanna have it too good. All right, let's just live in the middle because the higher the peak, sometimes the deeper the valley. And valleys are unpredictable. You can't calendar them. You don't get a text going, hey, ratchet up, be prepared. You need to know they're coming. No, they're just coming. They're unpredictable. Jesus got with his disciples out on the boat, sent them to the other side of the lake, and we just grabbed this one verse. Suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking in the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. He knew the storm was coming, but the disciples didn't, and they were flipping out in the story. Why? Because storms, valleys, they're unpredictable. We don't know exactly how they're going to blow in, and we don't know exactly when they're going to blow out. We don't know, is this valley going to be a short valley, or is this going to be an extended valley? Valleys are incredibly unpredictable. Number three, you got to remember, though, valleys are temporary. They're temporary. I want you to write a verse down, and it And it's a great reminder, this too shall pass. You're not gonna live in this forever. This valley is not your life. Valleys are temporary. Now, they're temporary if you keep walking. But here's what I've learned and here's what I've watched. I've watched people pitch tents in their valley and decide to stay there a little longer. Valleys are as temporary as I choose for my feet to keep me. Meaning, I gotta keep walking. 
Valleys are temporary. Why do I want you to know they're temporary? Because valleys can make you hopeless. Can y'all agree with that? When you're in a valley, you know you're in a valley and you can go from being the most positive person in the world to incredibly negative like that. Why? Because valleys, they do that to you. They just, they will suck the life out of you. And in that valley, you get discouraged, you get discontent, you struggle, you begin to feel like you've done something wrong, you feel like there's nobody else in the world in the valley like you're in the valley. Paul said it this way, for our present troubles are small and they won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. But you gotta know they're not gonna last. And number four, here's the biggest part. Valleys are purposeful. Valleys are purposeful. I want you to write a little phrase down, ready? God is working on me and God is working in me. And God never wastes a valley. He won't. He won't waste your valley. God is working on me. God is working in me. And God won't waste my valley. Valleys are purposeful. You're not in it by accident. You ended up in it by accident. But God will take even the valleys we create for ourselves. Sometimes we end up in a valley because of a stupid choice we've made. And God even uses that in spite of us. God even works in that in spite of us. And he grows us in our valley. Valleys are purposeful. I love the way Simon Peter said it, said you're temporarily harassed by all kinds of trials, temptations. This is no accident. It happens to prove your faith, which is infinitely more valuable than gold. We just don't choose valleys. So beginning this year, beginning of 2020, I host a Bible study at my house. This Bible study, it's a couple's Bible study, and it's for coaches and spouses, not like rec league coaches or travel coaches. This is for coaches, high school coaches, that have pinned their living to 16-year-old kids. They need all the help they can get, all right? And so you get a kid on a good day, you get a kid on a bad day. So it's just coaches and spouses. It's awesome. We had 15 couples there to kick off our year back in January when we actually got to be around people. All right, it was a beautiful thing. And so we're all in my, ba we're in my basement, we're in my house. And I said, okay, what's your biggest prayer of 2020? One of the coaches you know, they're all going to have to answer. So we just start around the circle when I was like, I, you know, I want to read my Bible more this year. I want to know Jesus better this year. I want to communicate with my wife better. I don't want to forget why I coach, blah, blah, blah. When we're going down, they're all great answers. One, it lands on one of the guys. He's a young coach, linebacker's coach, Pope High School. And he said this. My biggest prayer for 2020 is that I won't pray away the hard things in my life because I know that God will use him to make me who he wants me to be. And all the other coaches are like, thanks a lot, man. You make us all look stupid. All right, you're number one, the youngest guy in the room. Now we all feel like losers. I told him the other week when I was with him, quit praying that. The 2020's gotta go, all right? I don't know what God's answering your prayer, but now we're all getting busted with it. Valleys are purposeful, right? He's exactly right. Coach is exactly right. 
God doesn't waste valleys. You may be in it, and he's polishing you up for who you could be. So how do we make it? What do I need to remember when I'm in them? How do I make it to the other side? Number one, refuse to be discouraged. Huge. Refuse to be discouraged. When you lose courage, you pitch a tent in the valley. See, the opposite of courage is discouraged. It's the missing of courage. You ever lost your courage? You lost your fight? You lost your will? You lost your want to? You lost your passion? Man, we're in this temporary valley that God is taking us through and we get discouraged and we sit down in the valley. And then we lose heart and then we lose will. And when you lose heart, you lose will and you lose courage, you're in a very dangerous place spiritually. And understand this, I don't want anybody to look at me. There's an enemy that wants you to lose heart, courage, and will. And he wants you to think you're gonna be in this valley forever and God hates you and God forgot you and God's gonna leave you here and God doesn't like you and blah, blah, blah. The list goes on and on and on. And he tells you all those things because he wants you to be discouraged. Listen to what David said. Because he's with me, I will fear and dread no evil. Fearing and dread no evil. What is the greatest way to stay encouraged when you're in a valley? I want you to write this down on number one. Help someone else. Greatest thing you can do. Get your eyes off your circumstances. Look at someone else and go, I'm gonna help them. I'm telling you, it's healing. When you help someone, you gain courage. Point number two, remember God is with me. Remember, God is with me. It sounds so simple. I'm just going to, we're just full transparency here. I stand up and speak to you guys. I've been doing this since every, almost every Sunday, 42 out of 52 weekends since 2003. Okay. I've heard you tell that story, Mike. You come up with all them stories. There are a lot of stories to tell over the, those years. I've had bouts of wondering if God was there. I've had seasons driving in my car going, God, I don't know where you are, but I sure could use you. See, the, the story hinges on this statement David made. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, but here's the phrase, for you are with me. That's a game changer. The question isn't the valley. The question is, are you alone or not in the valley? If he's with you, he's bigger than anything that can come your way. I want you to think about this. When Jesus died for us on the cross and he rose again from the empty tomb, he overcame what word? What word did he overcome? Death. 
Number one fear of every person in the world is death. He's already overcome it. That's why you can walk through the valley and have no fear. He's bigger than whatever the shadow says that it is. So I got a little York, I got a very manly dog at my house. I got a Yorkie poo. Don't judge me, all right? And so he's about yay big and we're all terrified of him. But anyways, and so he's about yay big and he will, he will jump when he sees his shadow. And you're like, what is just your shadow? We do the same thing. Why? Because we forget who's with us. He's with you. David, David said it this way, Psalm 139. Even when I was in my mother's womb, I was fearfully and wonderfully made. Whether I go out or whether I come in, whether I rise or whether I lay, you're with me. If I go to the heights of heaven or I go to the depths of the earth, you're there. You're with me. How precious to me are your thoughts, oh God. How vast are the sum of them. Were I to number them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. Not only are you with me, get this, get this. He won't quit thinking about you. Because the shepherd loves his sheep. You may feel alone. You are, if you're a Christ follower, you are not alone. He's got you. He walks with you. And when you feel at your lowest, I promise you, he's right there with you. A Psalm of David and David's story is my favorite. I could read about him over and over. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams, and he did. He renewed my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valleys, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me, and he was. He was holding my hand and walking with me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepared a feast for me in the presence of my enemy. You honor me with, by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings, and it has, Father. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. You know, there'll be a day for all of us that we look at life in the rearview mirror. And I'll tell you what you'll find. He never left you. He always had you. Accept his protection and guidance because you got it. When Jesus made the statement, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, he wasn't joking. You can go to the bank on it. As Miss Shirley, I love how she read that passage and it was so intimate to her. She shared, it didn't make it in the video, but she shared when she was in that 
dark season, she had written out Psalm 23 and put it on the corner of her windshield to remind her that God had her. Would you listen to her read a bedtime story to you every day? Shirley could read to me every day. And the part I loved about it, I don't know if you noticed that, I didn't notice it until this morning, was the old spine of her Bible had snapped because that Bible's been opened so many times. You know why? It's the reminder of his faithfulness. It's the reminder that God's got us. He doesn't get us to the valley and go, oh, I'm gonna send Mike through by himself and I'm gonna go around and meet him on the other side. That's what I would do. It's not what he does. He grabs our hand, takes his rod, his staff, and he protects and he comforts as we make it through the valley. One day we're gonna get to heaven and we're gonna see what we could have walked through. We're going to see what could have come our way. And we'll go, I know now what David meant when he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. My prayer is, is that we can live that truth now rather than just having to learn it later. Would you pray with me? Father, this is a lot easier to preach than live. And it's a lot easier to know than choose. But it's fact. We will walk through the valley, but here is the other fact. We will never, ever walk alone. That's fact. If we know you, There's always a plus one in the story. Maybe you're watching this morning, you go, Mike, I'm living the valley, I'm walking the valley, I'm experiencing the valley, and Mike, I don't know Jesus. I do not know Jesus, but I don't wanna walk this journey anymore by myself. And these words are not just prescriptive words. They're just the cry of our heart saying, Jesus, I need you. And it goes like this. Dear Lord Jesus, would you pray that? I need you. I believe you lived for me. Would you pray that? I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose again just for me. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my personal Lord and Savior today. Welcome home. Your journey's just gonna get a lot better because you won't have to do it by yourself anymore. Maybe you're here and listening this morning and you go, Mike, I, uh, I've been trying to do it by myself and I've got him with me. Would you just tell the Lord, thank you for not making you do this by yourself? Would you just pray that? Father, we love you. Thanks for loving us. Thanks for not quitting on us when we quit on you. And Father, may we never, ever, ever forget you got us. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.